0: A thing that looks like a police box standing in a junkyard, it can move
1: anywhere you want Avon, Colton Give priority to the detectors and the navigation systems.
0: There is, is no a corridor, and the corridor is time. It surrounds
1: all things. On display, on I eventually had to go down to the cellar, that's the display department, with a torch. The lights were probably gone, so had the stairs. Yours is number six. I am not a number.
0: I am a person. Welcome to British Invaders, episode 406. This is the podcast all about British science fiction television, and this time we are continuing our discussion about Calder City. This is Brian from Canada. And this is Eamon from England. Hello. This is our roughly annual spinoff event where we talk about a spinoff from a British science fiction television show into a different medium other than television. And this time it's sort of a double spinoff because Calder City is is unofficially a spin-off of both Doctor Who and Blake 7. It is not licensed from the BBC for either one, but it is licensed from the writer Chris Boucher, who kept the rights for the characters and ideas that he created for his stories as authors typically did in blake seven and classic doctor who and we ended up with elements from both doctor who and blake seven and these six one-hour audio dramas produced by magic bullet productions
1: and they are set in the world of colder city in the city on a planet that comes from 1977's doctor who serial the robots of death which we talked about quite a lot last time And it brings in a character from a Blake 7 episode called Weapon that was also written by Chris Boucher. And as we're going to mention in a moment, there are some other Blake 7 elements involved in an intriguing sort of crossover between the two worlds And also, you know, plenty of intrigue and excitement going on in these audios themselves. Yes, absolutely. Lots of intrigue, lots of political stuff. So let's finish off the stories that we started last time. Let's talk about the fourth story or the fourth audio play in the series, Taran Capel by Alan Stevens, the sort of guiding light behind magic bullet productions and this is where things i think really start to ramp up brian the cult of Taran capel is extending its influence and affecting the sort of founding families of colder city and well without giving too much away it's going to lead to a sort of huge sort of finale a bit of a cliffhanger as the stakes suddenly get really raised at the end of this one, Brian.
0: Yes, absolutely. And we get to a cliffhanger involving the robots and the idea of Terran Capel and references to Terran Capel from that original Doctor Who story, The Robots of Death, are quite important to this one.
1: Indeed. The fifth story is called Checkmate, again by Alan Stevens. The robots have brought death to Colder City, the robots of death. And it seems that only another alien race can offer salvation. And this is where I think, Brian, we have to sort of... We can't tiptoe around it too much. It's strongly suggested that the other alien race are the Fendal. Again, another Chris Boucher creation.
0: Yes, from another Doctor Who story. So we bring in more elements there, and yeah, brings us some interesting stuff.
1: So that's Checkmate, the fifth story. Now, sadly, after this story... Russell Hunter, the actor who played Yuvanov both on television and in the audios, sadly passed away. And it did seem for a while as if the Colder City series might have finished at this point. But there's more to talk about.
0: Yes. They did follow it up, first with a shorter story that's a download called The Prisoner.
1: Yes, that's the one that I listened to, in fact, this morning. And um, as with all these last few stories, it's an interesting musing on what is reality for 20 minutes between the character of Iago and his interrogator. It's it's a philosophical argument and discussion, I think, Brian.
0: Yes, and we do sort of go into stranger territory in these later ones including Storm Mine by Daniel O'Mahoney which is the final CD release for for Calder City the last of the the six it takes place 18 months after the events of Checkmate where Blaze finds herself on one of the storm mining vessels with a strange group of characters but not everything is what it seems so again this gets into strange
1: reality bending territory as well interesting stuff and a bit like i suppose the doctor and leela suddenly turning up on storm mine 4 in the original a serial.
0: Yes, of course. And in the final release, the short metafiction which was by Alan Steves and Fiona Moore. Uh again, this is uh, a download release. We get some reflections back on the series and there are further hints at the identity of Castaniego.
1: Yeah, I mean again, I listened to this one this morning Brian and if you want to hear Castaniego recapping a history that sounds very much like the entirety of the run of Black 7 on television, then this is the one to listen to. And yes, there is a revelation uh, towards the end about who Castaniago may actually be. But again, it's playing with, as the title suggests, it's playing with reality and fiction here.
0: Yes, absolutely. Which I think brings us to the point where we should talk about some of the connections between Doctor Who and Blake 7 and how Calder City
1: sets that up. So it's interesting that we were discussing last time, and you were filling me in on this, Brian, that Chris Boucher... As was sort of common at the time, gets the sort of own the characters he introduces and the settings he introduces. But obviously, they can't use the Doctor and Leela, for instance. But Colder City is quite clearly a connection with Doctor Who. It's, you know, it's in the serial, and here we have these adventures set in Colder City. And then, of course, we've got the psychostrategist, Carnell, who you mentioned last time, who's on the run from a strange. Powerful federation, clearly, you know, the same actor, the same character from the episode Weapon from Blake Seven. So, there's a definite link. Between the two. So those ones are sort of obvious in sort of audio black and white for us, Brian.
0: As are some of the characters from The Robots of Death, including Ivanov.
1: Indeed, yes.
0: And of course, we get the key question about Paul Darrow and this character, Castaniago. And I think from the beginning, it's pretty clear that Castaniago is intended to be Avon or some version of Avon from Blake 7. He has a similar personality in sort of being devious and tricky, and Darrow's performance is very much like Ker Avon, and we have his computer skills and so on. It's a bit of a stretch to have avon as an assassin as uh, castanillago is but with all of these other pieces it does sort of make
1: sense and it is pretty clear that that was the idea it does seem to be from paul darrow's performance that this is very much an avon style performance of this character who's you know uh, was always tricky and uh, could turn to the sinister it seemed and I, I don't know if I should, I'm reading too much into things, Brian, but Iago is the treacherous character from Shakespeare's Othello. And even Avon's name possibly suggests to me Stratford-on-Avon and Royal Shakespeare Company. But as I say, that's probably me getting too tin tinfoil-hatted.
0: <laughs> Using the name Iago must be a reference. I can't imagine that it would be something chosen at random. But You certainly, you have the conversation where Castanyago and Carnell talk about the Federation, which of course was a major element of Blake 7, and talk about the fact that they are not from this planet where Calder City is. And it's also mentioned that most people don't know that Calder City and the planet it's on were colonized and that the people are not indigenous to that planet
1: strange and tricky stuff going on here in Culver city it seems
0: yeah and as we've mentioned terry nation who created blake seven and was involved in doctor who very early on and on an ongoing basis Nation famously created the Daleks for Doctor Who he wanted to bring the Daleks into Blake 7 and he sort of had the sense that they either took place in the same universe or that they could take place in the same universe.
1: Fascinating stuff they would have turned up at the end of season B of Blake 7, the Daleks
0: Yeah, it was either Chris Boucher or the BBC who said no that's not the way to go. I believe the BBC did not want to tie those two big properties together
1: whereas here with chris boucher's creative consultant based on the works of chris boucher they're really leaning into the connections without you know actually saying it out loud but it's it seems fairly obvious in these productions doesn't it
0: yes They never mention the Doctor or any of the major Doctor Who things. They don't mention Blake or any of the Blake 7 characters or the Liberator or anything like that. But they have characters played by the various actors. They have Calder City itself. They have the robots. They mention the Federation So there are a lot of things that unofficially tie this into Doctor Who and
1: into Blake 7. Fascinating stuff. Now, as we say, once a year we like to look at a spin-off from one of the TV shows that we've covered in the past. We've done a few spin-offs of Doctor Who... In the past, we've done a Blake Seven spin off as well. I'm going to say that even if we stuck to just Doctor Who spin offs one a year, we'd never get through them all, would we, Brian?
0: Yeah, that may be true because there are certainly a lot of them and they've been coming out
1: in one way or another since the 60s. Amazing. All different uh, media as well.
0: Yeah, and often when we get into these kinds of things, we're talking about the big finish audios. Big Finish Productions started releasing Doctor Who audio plays in 1999. They're still doing that with a lot of original actors from the classic series of Doctor Who and also the new series of Doctor Who. And in 2011, they started doing Blake 7 audios. We discussed those in British Invaders 168 and 170 Along with some earlier audio plays from the BBC and from a company called B7 Productions. So there is a lot of audio out there that is officially licensed Doctor Who and officially licensed Blake 7.
1: And if we think about these two sort of giants of British science fiction television, these two shows. That we covered very early on in in the sort of British invaders canon, and um, they probably have inspired more spin-offs than almost anything else. Apart from possibly Gerry Anderson's productions as a whole, might start to get close to them and rival them in that. I guess, Brian.
0: Yeah, certainly that's true for Doctor Who. There's a tremendous number of things with the comics and the novels and various types of audios
1: and so on and so forth but Blake Seven has things out there too. And it's something about, I don't know, the sort of magic, the inspiration that these shows achieve in that they have created so much uh, spin-off material that people have just wanted to write books, to write comics, to create games, animations, and of course, as you say, Brian, there's so many hours of audio for the various shows. It's fascinating how much how many spin-offs there are. Yes, absolutely. So it's time for us to get into our own views on these Carl the City audios, these six plays that we've been listening to. Brian, I'm going to throw it to you first of all. What did you like about these productions that we've been covering?
0: Yeah, so there was a lot to like in these. I will say that the performances and particularly the sort of central three characters and the characters and actors coming back from the Robots of Death and from Blake 7. The performances were particularly good. It was lovely to have people like Russell Hunter and Scott Fredericks and Paul Darrow coming back and playing characters like that. They were very good and it really set the tone nicely. So I liked all of the performances and some of those central ones particularly.
1: Yes, great great performances here. Lovely to hear David Collins, a very recognisable voice to me. I always enjoy when he turns up. Paul Darrow, magnificent in his sort of devious, tricky reversal turn you know always twisting and turning role throughout these audios never quite sure whose side he's on apart from basically his own i think so that's great stuff yeah what about the sound design and the sort of music and the rest of the production brian the production
0: values were good i i liked
1: them i
0: think there are some other things particularly from big finish that do better on that front especially more recent things i think sound design for audios of this type has come away since the the early 2000s but it was very good and i think the package of these audio dramas works well i think the production values and the music and
1: so on i i liked it i thought it worked i mean it's interesting to compare them to big finish of course it's the obvious comparison and i know you were saying that big finish of course have also Explored the worlds or the stories inspired by Robots of Death themselves, haven't they?
0: Yes, absolutely. In particular, in a spin off series called The Robots, which is set on Calder City and uses those same robots from The Robots of Death. And they have a series of box sets with those. And those are very good. And those are much more recent than you can tell that they're more recent, I think. It's a more updated style. It certainly has... Better gender balance with a lot more women involved. I think it is more focused on the robots and the implications of the robots and some of the central characters that they've brought in from the Big Finish stories. It is... A different type of thing, but I think if you want an exploration of those robots and ideas around artificial intelligence and things like
1: that big finishes the robots does that very well right do the calder city plays do they sort of require people to have some knowledge of the robots of death story from doctor who basically
0: i think for calder city it's a really good idea to have seen the robots of death you could get by without it but i think it adds a lot and I would even suggest rewatching The Robots of Death before listening to Calder City. That's what I did. And I think that was really nice i should have re-watched weapon from blake 7 beforehand as well i didn't but i think that would be uh, a nice idea too
1: yes i watched the robots of death thanks to my britbox subscription and i would say that one of the you know the, the things of course that it benefits from greatly of course is Tom Baker, with his humor and his twinkle and some comic stuff with Leela as well, and you perhaps could say or I could say that they we slightly miss that in colder city audios. I slightly missed a little injection of humor and a little twinkle from time to time it's a lot of it is quite serious, grim and gritty, dark stuff happening all the while, I think
0: yes. And that feels a lot like something from that time in the early 2000s, going sort of quite grim and dark was popular in, in science fiction. And in these types of things and audio dramas based or influenced by television and so on, that's part of the style from then. And I do feel that while it's definitely good, this does
1: feel a little bit dated. I mean, there is some there is some comedy or at least some dark humour in Paul Darrow's performance, and particularly in those two short downloads that I've been listening to this morning. There, you know, they are in a way quite funny. Particularly the metafiction one has got moments of uh, humour and quite a twinkle from Paul Darrow in that one. But I did miss it a little bit in the main stories. Um, you know that. I suppose we all miss the presence of Tom Baker's Doctor in in anything, really, Brian.
0: Yes, and uh, we've drifted into some of the negatives here, but I do want to mention... One positive here that was a big deal, which was that it was really lovely to hear some of these actors who have since passed away reprising their performances. And having people like Russell Hunter and Paul Darrow and David Collins, hearing all of them together and hearing those characters, this may be the only place that Russell Hunter reprised the role of Yovanov. Hearing all of that, that was really nice and sort of a bit special. And I really enjoyed what they brought
1: to it. Yes, it is a shame. Well, it's a great sadness, really, that those three actors are no longer with us. So, you know, how lovely to have these audios with them in there together. And, yeah, they're clearly having a good time reprising these roles or creating new roles, possibly in Iago. What do you think about the writing in this? Um, I think, as you say, it, it's it's that early 2000s, um, you know, slightly darker audios, adventures. I'm not, a, as you know, Brian, I'm not a big listener to audio dramas at the moment and haven't been for several years, whereas I know you keep up with the big finish, Certainly, with some of their ranges, so it was okay. I didn't. I. I wasn't sort of mad about it but that's partly because as I say I don't listen to this sort of audio drama really at all at the moment what about yourself what did you make of it
0: so I have to have sort of a divide here because I thought the sort of earlier ones that had Russell Hunter in them were quite well written I thought they were they were pretty well written and I quite enjoyed that and when you get into that last CD episode and you don't have Russell Hunter there it sort of goes off into slightly strange territory which is understandable because you know that they were were hoping to have him there and it meant that we got sort of a strange diversion at the end rather than the conclusion that i would have hoped to have had so For most of them, I liked the writing, but when you get to that sort of strange diversion, it was a little bit less for me, and I would have liked a different conclusion. Obviously, it's something we can't blame the the writers and the team for, because they lost a very important player.
1: Sure, yeah, always difficult when you have to deal with the passing of a sort of main actor. So I guess it's getting time for our recommendations for these CDs, Brian. Would you like to start us off? Yes, I'll start off. I would definitely
0: recommend these. I really enjoyed them. They are a little dated and, you know, they don't have a lot of women involved and it's a style that's a little bit different from what we have now but they were good. So I enjoyed them. I'm glad I've listened to them. I really liked how they played with the connections between the two franchises and the various parts they pulled in from Chris Boucher's stories. So yes, I would definitely recommend these. I'll add that I would also recommend The Robots from
1: Big Finish, which is also a very good series. Okay, well, I would say that if you're a fan of The Robots of Death, if you're a fan of Blake Seven then you're probably gonna have a pretty good time listening to these audios from magic bullet productions in the colder city series so i'm also going to recommend them as well and they're not too expensive to get hold of i would prefer if they were available as download just because i'm actually i don't really have many ways of playing cds anymore brian (laughs) downloads much easier for me But yes, I'm going to join you in a recommendation and I think I might check out the Big Finish Robot series as well because this is interesting stuff. Okay, very good. But of course, if you agree or disagree, if you've listened to these yourself and you have your own opinions, come by the Facebook or the Twitter and let us know. Absolutely. So, in summary, Calder
0: City reintroduced us to Calder City on an alien world somewhere with the robots who are an integral part of society there and are relied upon for just about everything. And we also are introduced to or reintroduced to Paul Darrow's character here called Castanago. And also we have Carnell from the Blake 7 episode Weapon. So we have all of these elements being pulled together. And we are introduced to Yovanov being chairman of the company, who is the company that does all this mining and produces all these robots. And we get into all sorts of intrigue and possible assassinations going on and all sorts of political manipulations and different things happening in this world of Calder City. Fascinating stuff.
1: Uh, Intriguing crossover between two major properties from uh, British television science fiction.
0: It's fun. It's quite clever how they blended the bits and pieces together.
1: And do come back and join us next time. It is time for our Halloween shows. As ever, we're trying to find something spooky for the month of October. And this time, we have gone back to the BBC in 2014 to do their ghost story called Remember Me. And it features a return to the screen He'd been away for some time for Michael Palin, and I think it might be the first time we've seen him actually acting on screen rather than just doing voiceovers, Brian.
0: Yes, and things we've covered on British Invaders, I think that's right. So it'll be a fun one to talk about for sure. Another member of Monty Python to talk about. Indeed. Until then, you can find all of our episodes, over 400 of them now, at BritishInvaders.com, or if you search for British Invaders on Facebook, you can find our group there and join in on some of the conversations. Or if you look for at BritInvadersPod on Twitter, you can talk to us there and please follow us if you can. Yes, give us a follow and drop by the Facebook group and say hello. Absolutely. And we like to announce our new
1: episodes in both places. So that gives you an extra heads up. It does indeed. And of course, we tell you what the next three shows we're going to cover as we go along. And we can also find us on the Voice of Geeks Network, as we're proud members of the Voice of Geeks. You'll find that at vognetwork.com. Lots of gaming content, Twitch streaming, podcasts, and all your geek-related needs at the Voice of Geeks.
0: Absolutely. So thank you for listening,
1: and this is Brian from Canada signing off. Yes, thank you very much. Until next time, it's Eamon in England saying, watch out for those robots of death.